0: Today's North Forker podcast is brought to you by East Bay Builders, Inc. East Bay was founded on a simple philosophy to provide reliable, quality work at fair prices. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker podcast. I am Michalina Defont, and I'm joined today by Cindy Zaweski. Hello. Hi, Cindy. We're so excited to have you on. Um, Grant's not able to make it, but we are so happy to have you here, Um, and today we're talking about our North Forker October issue.
1: Thank you for having me. I can't believe we're talking about our October issue, but... so excited about it. It's
0: insane how quickly this year has gone by, and summer flew, um, although it was a great one. It definitely flew by, and yeah, we're here chatting October, and pretty pumped about this. Um, We laugh and say every month is our favorite issue. This one, one specific element, I mean so many of them, but this one specific thing really stands out to me is the cover. It is so cool. It is such
1: a cool cover, and it's very different for us. It's um, a little dark and moody, and it has...
0: um Chef Yukimori of Sterling Saki
1: and Greenport on the cover. Yeah, with uh, his uh, his knife, which is like his prized tool for sashimi and sushi at yeah. his restaurant. Um, and it has like the orange elements with... Uh, the different wording, and uh, it kind of has a Halloween
0: It does. Type. It's a little spooky. He's kind of holding his knife on his <laughs> shoulder, and everyone, you'll see this when it comes out. Um, it's coming out this Friday, the issue, um, and it's such a cool, different cover. It's a little dark, a little creepy, and it, we're totally into it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, it's a striking cover.
0: It is. Um, and so this issue is actually our Harvest-themed issue. Um, so we have a ton of great stories in here that are all tied, some more loosely, some more closely tied to Harvest. Um, and so one story that I really loved a lot, um, and I'm so excited for everyone to read, is one that's kind of an unconventional type of harvesting. So, you tell me what we're talking about here? So,
1: we did an interview with Taylor Knapp of Peconic S Cargo, and Very it definitely, cool. it's a different type of harvest. Yes. Um you know, it's not gleaning the field or <laughs> you know picking grapes, but you know, it is it is farming. And um, what was kind of cool about that story? Um, You probably may have heard of his story a few different times. He's been around, and he's so recognizable now for uh, his escargot and his snail farm, and he's been very pioneering um, with that. But this... Uh, I guess this fall, actually, he's coming out with frozen escargot for the first time, and that's going to be available at specialty markets around Long Island. So it'll. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. So it'll actually give people an opportunity to make it at home. And um, in this article, he shared how to prepare it and uh, gave some really good ideas on how you could make something that's maybe not a traditional dinner, something that you could like incorporate into your
0: regular. Meal lineup. I love that, and I actually love escargot. Um, and I feel like I'd be really intimidated to make it, but with his story and with the te- like some of his techniques that he shares, um, I feel like I can do this, and I'm really excited to try. Yeah, the preparation on it, like he explains
1: it very well, and it does seem pretty simple. Um, you know, he he's like, if if
0: you could do like a quick sauté, like you're you're in good <laughs> shape because that's not really all they need, which is kind of perfect. So I'm pretty pumped to try that out. So a few other stories we have in our October issue, um, it, from our our drink section, we have a day in the life of a harvest at Metabella Vineyards um, in South Hold, and it's a beautiful story on just really like what how, how they experienced their harvest there, harvesting their grapes for their wine. Um, it's a really cool story, like a good little insider's look. It is, and it's such a small winery that um, the whole process is so intimate,
1: and it's it very hand-on, and uh, it's not... Um, it's not like mass production at at all. Like it's, it's very personal. So just the story of, um, how they do it is really fascinating. It
0: definitely is. And you kind of get that when you go there for tastings, um, you really feel the the intimacy of what they do there. Um, and they kind of make you feel like a part of it. So it's really nice to go and and do a tasting there. And also, um, hopefully the story will help you learn, um, really about their process too. Um, another story that we have in our drink section is called Jack of all trades. It's, um, a profile on the cider maker at um, Riverhead Cider House. His name is Will Laughlin, and um, Cindy, you wrote this story. I didn't write this. Oh, story. I'm so sorry. That's right, no, you that's, didn't. I didn't. I I wish I did. But um,
1: yes, our intern Erica Peters wrote it, and she did awesome. a great job. She knocked it out of the park. It's a really interesting profile. He's an interesting guy. Like how he came to be a cider maker. It's just yeah. uh, you know such an interesting tale because um, it's a, it's an Unique job, so it's like it is. It really how do you fall into it? But he he loves cider, and um, they told him he was uh, allergic to gluten, so he had to stop drinking beer, and that's how he got into cider. Oh my gosh! And now he makes cider, so it's very very,
0: cool. Very cool background. Awesome. Um, And you were saying you have an event pick with them, also.
1: I do. It's going to be in our ten things to do in October. It's a post that we do every month and uh one and he's actually teaching a cider making class oh at my the gosh. cider house so that's really cool that's and a fantastic yeah you got like a kit and uh oh my. yeah and they have like food and like you get special samples of like different um like maybe reserve want blends that it's not always available in the tasting room that is awesome yeah it
0: looked like a really fun event that's um I'll have to go check that out for sure. Um, that will be in our 10 things to do in October post, um, which is coming up soon. Yeah, no, it'll be a next week. Perfect. Um, another story that we have um, that kind of feels harvesty, it just feels appropriate for the time of year, is Hobby Homesteaders. And this was written by Lauren Parker. Um, and this story is, it just makes me like, daydream about having a little hobby farm of my own and having sheep I hope my husband's not listening because he always laughs laughs at me but I really want sheep so badly just a few like three or four that's it just Um, three or four yeah (laughs) maybe like a few apple trees you know Um, I know Cindy you also kind of feel the same way about like hobby homesteading I
1: do I'm like so into it and I'm Drag my husband into it as well, <laughs> but we got to go in this year with uh, the tomatoes, nice. and then we have our herb garden oh, this year. So great! It's been so cool. And I, a, a few, a few issues ago, we wrote about Mason B is at Blossom Meadow Farms, and she does a program where you can. Yes
0: yeah, Have like, mason bees She like teaches you How to do it And keep them and, and I feel like That's like a
1: serious Contender for like A project for next year I our love house. that
0: idea Well let me know How it goes Maybe I'll have to Convince my husband Then too to, That we have to do it As well I think you just Have to bring them Home and just say These, These are our bees <laughs> They don't sting Or bite They're blue um, And we need them Yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, yeah, check out our hobby homesteading uh, story. Um, and then we have other great stories as well. Obviously, we always have one about pumpkin picking. This one's kind of cool, though. It's like a different take on it. And it's not just about where to go to get your pumpkins, um, although we have that in here too, of course. But it's about what to do after you've gone pumpkin picking. Um, so Grant put this together. It's cool. I don't want to give away any details. Um, check out the story. So it just gives you, the four different places to go after you've done pumpkin picking. Um, just four ideas. Uh, to kind of round out your day on the North Fork. Yeah, that's nice because you don't want to drive all this way and then... Turn around and go Turn home. Turn around and go home, sit in traffic for a long time. Yeah, not worth it. Got to got to make the most of your North Fork experience. Definitely. And we also, speaking of North Fork experience, we also have a story um, that I actually put together on uh, uh, weekend getaways that are not the North Fork. So It's a little bit different for the magazine. We typically only write about the North Fork, but we figure, listen, we understand that people don't just come here, oh, they should cause it's the best place, but there are other places to go to that are in the Northeast mm-hmm. that are, quick weekend getaways, um, that are achievable and wonderful for this time of year. So we wrote about the Berkshires and Lancaster, Pennsylvania and Newport, Rhode Island and Tarrytown, New York. Um, so four places with picks on eat drinks, live and breathe, um, to do in, uh, October and November. Yeah. It's a great article. Just, uh, like easy two day getaways. Like yeah. if you're planning your,
1: even a three day, if uh, Columbus day is coming up, you mm-hmm. know, it's just good ideas that they're Far enough away where you feel like you've gotten away, but yes. not far where it's like you lose a day with travel and everything. That's so. a
0: great point. Yeah, these are all really achievable, fun little getaways um, that you can kind of do in just, just one weekend. So, um, well, we hope everyone enjo- enjoys our October issue. Uh, we were so excited for it, and it has a nice, fun harvest feel to it. Um, and thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.